0: Hi, this is Pastor Rick with On Demand. We're ready to go, people. This is great. You get to put the Word of God in your hand and use it when you want to. Today is the day. We're going to talk about dreaming and how a person can dream and be focused in life and find themselves with an opportunity to make a difference in the world. Let me show you today what the Bible says about taking advantage of your opportunities. An opportunity is a gift. Don't let it go to waste. Stay with me today. This message will help you lift your life. Matthew 25, one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible, enjoy the journey as we talk about the talents and the opportunities that God puts into your hands. Stay there. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Glad to be with you today. I have a message today that I like a whole lot. This is one that I think about a lot because I'm always thinking about what am I doing and am I going forward in my life? And that's one of my things. And one of the great texts that talks about this is in Matthew 25, and it's a story of the talents and I just, I just love this entire chapter, but I really get a lot out of this one story. Because in this story, you have three guys, and they're all unnamed. Nobody's name is given. And you don't even know much about them at all, other than what they did with their life. And believe it or not, that's kind of how it goes. People don't get to know much about you sometimes. You know, They hear about you a little bit, but they don't get to know much about you. They get to see what you do. Uh, hearing is one thing, seeing is another. And there's this incredible story with these three guys. Two of them are given an opportunity to manage an amount of money, and they say yes. One is given the same opportunity, and he says no. And the terms that are going to be used is the word talent, which really is a measurement of money. So you can make it you know, just a measurement of money. So he gave one, and there are specifics here, but let's just make it up. Say one gets $100, one gets $200, one gets $500. And so you, you see these guys with these different levels of, of gift that were given to them based on their ability. So the master looks at them and says, hey, this guy can manage $100, this guy can manage $200, and this guy can manage $500. And he gave it to them because he knew them. He had a knowledge of what they were like. You know, God really knows you, and he kind of knows what you can do. So I want you to look at what you have in your hand. Look at what, you're able to, what you have right now and you're able to manage, and let me ask you a question. What are you doing with it? So look at the text I'll show you. Matthew chapter 25. I love this verse 16. I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, verse 16. It says, uh, He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So the guy was given the five talents or measurements of money, and our story was $500 a minute ago, remember? That guy took it and he invested it, verse 17. So also he who had received... The two talents made two talents more. The guy that was given 200 dollars in our illustration, took those 200 dollars and, and he doubled it. Now watch this. But he would receive verse, verse uh, 18. He had received the one talent, went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So we have three guys and three, and then we have two responses. I, I always thought this was amazing. This was an amazing example. Of choice. So the question would be okay, if the master knew they all had the same potential, that's why they were chosen. So the guy that had the one talent had the potential to double, triple what he had. That's why he was chosen. The guy with the two talents had the same potential and and, and so on. Why would they do things differently? What is it that made them think differently? Well, that's the question of the ages. There's something about people who have confidence. And I think that's the key word here in this sermon. If, if you have confidence in yourself and you have the right attitude, you can make amazing progress. If you don't have confidence, if you come up with another set of reasoning, you know, and you'll see in the story in a minute, that the guy with the one talent he had the ability, but he, he lost confidence somewhere along the line and lost his perspective and began to blame and somehow assign his lack of success to the master. The two guys didn't do that. The two guys were confident and they focused and just did what they were told and focused on their advancement. Now See those two, two examples. So one guy is going to blame the master and say, it's not my fault. One, two guys are going to say, no, we, 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 we're going to do our best. And I want you to see which camp you, you lay in. Because in life, I've learned this. When people don't succeed in life, they tend to find somebody to blame. Daddy wasn't there. My daddy wasn't there. My mama wasn't there. Or something. And I'm not saying those things weren't traumatic and they didn't have value. But what I'm, I want you to think for a minute about is how over time, that becomes irrelevant. Over time, it's, it's not about what somebody else decided to do. The question is, what did you decide to do? I've been amazed at what I'm able to do. I really am. I'm, I'm shocked sometimes because, I'm, I'm, well, I'm just shocked. I just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed I can do this. But I've learned that the only way I can do anything is if, if I believe I can confidence. And I don't allow other things to cloud me out, cloud out my confidence. So let me show you the rest of the story and watch this. This is incredible. This is um, a, in, in verse uh, 19. Watch what happens. Um, um, verse, yeah, verse 19. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came. So this is what I call, there are two seasons so far. There's a the season of opportunity when he gave them the, the talents. Okay. Then there is a secondly, what I call the season of review. So think about it again. Come on, the season of opportunity, he gave them this opportunity. Here, guys, here you go. You take this up and you manage it, and uh, it's your talent. i am letting you manage it for me, and he leaves. And then now there comes the second season called the season of review. This is in verse um, 19. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, the season of reviews always come eventually. Eventually they show up. You will not be able to coast forever. At some point, the things that you um, were given to do, you will be forced to give account for them. So you can go all month long, charge up your credit card, charge up your credit card, but at the end of the month, the bill comes. At the end of the month. You can spend all your money, spend all your money, spend all your money. Don't save anything. But eventually, at some point, you run into the train with that. Eventually. All of us have gone through this experience. So, the Master comes. The season of review is here. Watch what happens. The season of review always requires you to stand alone. That's the second thing I want you to notice. Now think about the first. Seasons of review always come eventually. They always come. The first. Secondly, seasons of review always require you to stand alone. You will be judged by what you do. You will be judged by what you do. You will be judged by what you do. Nobody else. This is all about you being responsible for you. So watch what happens. Verse 20. He who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. I doubled it. I mean, just think about it. Just make it $500. You gave me $500. Here's another $500. Now you have 1000 The same guy comes, the second guy comes and does the same thing. He had received the two talents, came and did the same. And says here, I've gotten two more talents. In our illustration, you gave me two hundred dollars, now I give you two hundred dollars more. It's amazing. Doubled it. Everybody has taken this opportunity, and when the review comes, it's public knowledge. I want you to hear this. Eventually whatever you do becomes public knowledge. Whether I mean it it's it's obvious that you did not take care of yourself. It's obvious. That you're not good at talking to people. It's obvious that every job you go to, you get fired because you do the same thing at every job. Every friend you lose. Every, every church you leave. It doesn't matter. What, I'm, what I want you to see is whatever you do, eventually the reviews will tell the story about what you do. That's why FICO scores are pretty amazing. And I know they're not always fair, but they do tell a story that you tend to borrow and not pay back. Or you pay back slowly. You promise to pay on the 15th, and you never pay on the 15th. Every place you rent, you have to be eventually asked to leave because you don't want to pay them on the day you say you would. So that tells us a pattern you have. You have a pattern. And if you can look at your life and say, what are my patterns? My patterns are, my patterns are I eat too much. I do this, I do that, I do whatever it is. And so I, I think it's hard to do that. But this one guy, want you watch this now, this one guy, he is ask what he did. His time of review comes. Everybody stands alone. You don't get to stand in the crowd. You get to stand by yourself. And so he's standing alone, and he says, well, listen. um, uh, Well, let me read it for you. It's just too good to just quote. You need to just see what he said. It's just amazing. Watch this now. Verse 24. He said this. He would receive the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you, to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. Pause. Okay, okay, okay. So I, 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 I come back to review what you did with my money, and now you turn this around into a judgment about me. Now, this shows an incredible lack of confidence and a whole lot of insecurity. He wants to blame somebody else. So this is somebody else's fault. Everything that's happened in your life is somebody else's fault. This is not because of me. I know one thing. I didn't do it. I know one thing. Yeah, I know you gave me the talent. I know you gave me this opportunity, but it's not my fault that I lost it. It's not my fault that I didn't grow it. It's not my fault. These other two guys, that's them. But I have a different view of you. Now, uh, now why didn't the other two guys have this opinion? You know what's interesting? And And this might be interesting for you to think about. There are people in the world that have circumstances similar to yours, opportunities similar to yours, and, and they take advantage of them. Why why didn't you? Why why is it always somebody else's fault? So what he does this one guy is he says, okay, you were mean, hard, unfair. You 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 give you 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 want something for nothing. He saw he saw it as being used. So you want me, you want to give me $100, all right? And you want me to invest it and give you back the profits. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of how it works. And maybe at the end you get a reward yourself. That's kind of how it works. But the guy didn't see any of that. All he saw was you want me to work for you. And so here he said is what you gave me back. Now I want you to think for a second. On one side of that you could say, thank you, I'll take it back, thank you very much. But that's not the response that the master gave. The master's response was pretty, pretty powerful. Verse 26, the guy goes on and says, I was afraid, <laughs> and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Now, in this moment, the master's response is, is, is livid. It's, in, it's, it's off the charts. Here's what he says in verse verse 6, verse um, 26, I'm sorry. His master answered and said, you wicked and slothful servant. Notice what he says. You're wicked and slothful. The word wicked means diseased and harmful. You're you're the kind of person that's like a dangerous disease. Strong word. You you are a harmful person. You're You're a way of thinking is, is, is not healthy for anybody around you. Because what he's done is deflected all of his responsibility, put it on somebody else, made it seem like he was not given an opportunity. And he was. He, he didn't learn from the other two guys. He ignored them. It, the whole thing was, I, I don't want to work for you. It's an incredible attitude. It's incredible. And he called him slothful. That's a pretty strong word, too. It's like another level of lazy. And he says this, you knew, and this is kind of like sarcasm a little bit here, you knew that I, uh, I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have, not, I have scattered no seeds. Since you knew I was that kind of person, at least in your estimation, you ought to have at least invested my money with the bankers. You could have done a minimum. You could have just put it in, in a place that got interest. And at my coming, I should have received what was, what was my own with interest. But you didn't even do that. And so there's this moment where the master says, Not, not going to take that blame. Not going to feel as if I did you wrong. Not, no, I am not going to feel that I lost. No, no, that, all that's wrong. And this is a powerful moment because in this picture, he's talking about really your relationship with God. That's what he's talking about. The master is God and the servant is you. And what he's saying is, some people. Take advantage of their opportunities that God gave them, and some don't. And then when he says this, something really profound, it's like a parent talking to a child. No, you're not going to blame me for not going to school. You didn't study. You dropped out of class. You skipped school. You did that. I didn't do that. You went and you did A, B, and C. You can't blame me for your results. Not, 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 not my fault. Parents, hear me. Sometimes you didn't do anything. They made a decision. But Louie was more important than their education. That's why. Honey mama was more important than his schoolwork, and that's why he's where he's at with 15 kids. That's not your fault. That's his decision. And every now and then you have to pause and say, okay, well, uh, it seems like we've got a disconnect here. The disconnect is, first of all, you think you have a right to make those decisions. Well, you do, but the consequences and the outcomes are yours too. You're blowing. Look at the preacher for a minute an opportunity. God gave you something. It's in your hand. You're blowing a marriage. You're blowing a job. Going on the job complaining. Going on the job murmuring every day about what's not perfect. You have, say it slow, a job. You need, say it slow, a job. Why? Why? Why are you blaming the boss and the supervisor? The job starts at 7 o'clock. Be there or leave. The job asks you to stay and work eight hours. Work eight hours. When they call you and ask, you have a good attitude? You could be unemployed. You could not have a marriage. You could not have a relationship with your kids. You could not have. I don't know what it is in your life that you could not have. But you need to buckle up and say, I need to get my headgear right here and say, my head's been off. And I need to focus my attention on this opportunity. It's one talent, but it is a talent. <sighs> you know, when, I, when, I church, when our church was smaller and um, we had uh, 40 people, 30 people, I worked the same way. I prepared sermons, I prayed, I did all, everything I'm doing now. Everything I did now I took that one opportunity. I remember one time a person said to me, Yeah, Ricky Temple, he passes the mission down the street. I said, A mission. I passed a church called No Mission. <laughs> this bothered me. But we were small, and I, but I dressed up every day just like this. You suit, I suited up like I was going somewhere important. I didn't have anybody to talk to yet, but I had a suitcase and everything. Nothing in it but a Bible, but I had one. Take the opportunity you have, the small business you have, the house you have. It's not a mansion, but clean it up. Treat it with respect. Well, watch what happened. This is interesting. So, verse 28, thereabouts, said this. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. I want you to take the one talent. Here's what's interesting. The master still had the power to take it from him. (laughs) You ever seen God take things back? You ever seen God take back a church, take back a career, take back? Watch what happened. And here's what he said Give it to the guy that has 10 talents. For everyone who has, this is so important, more will be given. For to everyone who has, will more be given, and he will have an abundance. There is a a whole um, academic study on the Matthew principle that's based on this verse. That It's it a study of why people advance and others don't. You know, they say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. All that came from a guy's interpretation of this verse he calls the Matthew principle. Anyway, for to everyone who has, more will be given. Uh, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast that worthless servant into outer darkness... In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, this is really profound because here's what it says. God gives you a life and God gives you an opportunity. And if you don't, then he gives it to somebody else. And so there is a moment where you see a painful transition where the opportunity is put into the hand of somebody and taken away, which says, he can do that. And it also says the guy who had the 10 talents, you might go, well, why did God give him the one guy's talent? Because the 10 guy talent now had more bandwidth. He could handle more. There are people that just can handle more. They, they can take opportunities and they embrace it and they don't run from it. That's my prayer in my life. I want to be like that guy. I want to be like the guy that God can give more to more responsibility, more, more bills. I hate to say bills, but it's true. Bills come with it, you know. Expenses, staff requirements, staff needs. I want, I want, I want the one talent. I'm not going to take it from anybody, but I've seen God do this. And if I don't use the opportunity that God's put in front of me, he'll take it and give it to somebody with more bandwidth. You know what bandwidth is, right? Bandwidth allows you to see me. Bandwidth is that important signal strength that's in the world. It's what you have in your Wi-Fi bandwidth determines how much you can how much you can see if you can't if your bandwidth is not good your your picture starts to shudder and starts to starts to fade and it's all because of bandwidth what kind of bandwidth do you have I think you're dreaming and you want God to give you opportunity and he's trying to but it starts with what you have the story touches me and I think it shows me the power of confidence And how I can take with confidence my life and allow God to use what I have. My one talent, my two talents, my five talents, whatever it is. If I use it with confidence, if I dream with confidence and say, God, this is what I have, great things can happen. You know, he told us that in the last days we'd have to have confidence because our bandwidth would be tested. In the last chapter, last uh, section of Matthew 25, there's a conversation, conversation, do I can get it out here, about the last days. And he says that in this conversation, there are things I promise you will happen. Your bandwidth will be tested. Your ability will be tested. A lot will be tested. The question is, are you willing to with confidence bring yourself to me and allow me to bless and touch your life? Now, in the story today, we saw... A season of opportunity we saw a season of review in this story we saw how God brought three men together and honestly judged each one I want you to see yourself in this story and I want you to leave it and say God I don't want to be like the one guy who had a talent an opportunity a family a marriage a job I don't know what it is what talent what resource has he given to you and you need to say father I don't want that to be wasted I pray, Father, that there's somebody in this room who says, I have been blaming other people. I've been saying it's my daddy's fault, it's my mama's fault, it's somebody else's fault, and I'm not taking ownership, that they would take ownership today and say, I can do better. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us be surrounded with people who are like these two guys, guys who use their opportunities, guys who maximize their skill and their abilities, and guys who bow before you, trusting you with their life, and who are willing to be reviewed, who are willing to hear your calling, your challenge, and willing to obey no matter what it feels like. I'm sure those two guys had challenges, but they kept on going. I pray for people today, God, who've been challenged. I pray for people who feel like giving up, who don't want to use those opportunities. I pray they would say, I want to be like the two guys, not the one. And I pray, Father, that if we've been acting like the one guy, burying our gifts, complaining and whining, that we'd say, the day is the day that ends. Today is the day that I see my responsibility to use my talent, my gift, whatever resource God put into my hand, and not feel like I need to compare myself with everybody else. I need to embrace who I am and what I can do with what I have. So, pastor, look at the preacher for a second. If you've got 40 people, maximize it. If you've got 100 people or 1,000 people, whatever you have, maximize it. If you've got 5,000 people, don't stop growing. Don't start giving up because you've grown. Keep going. The guy with five talents was just as responsible to use his gift to the max as the guy with one. You you could be a 5,000. You can have 5,000 members and be lazy. You can have 1,000 employees in your company and be a lazy boss. You know why? Because you could have 2,000 if you manage your gift right. I'm not saying you need to never stop wanting to grow. I'm just simply saying always do your best. Always bring your best to God and let him maximize it. That doesn't mean you burn yourself out. It doesn't mean you exhaust yourself. I love the way he said it earlier. He said to the guy with the one talent, he said, you could have done the minimum. I don't always ask you to do the maximum. I'm not asking you to work all the hours you can, exhaust yourself. I just want you to do something. And so would you do something with your life today? Would you have got an opportunity to bless you, to advance you in some way? Eat a little better. Exercise a little bit a little something it adds up a little plus a little plus a little can equal a lot over time I watch people say you know I don't pray enough well pray 10 minutes 10, 20, 30, 40 it adds up God was not interested in the guy who was the max giver we're too impressed with the people who are the busiest and the most exhausted no, no you can just pray 30 minutes a day break it down into small pieces you still get to the same result the main thing is that you're consistent that's the key word and that you're confident this works. And that's what I like about being my age, you know. I've learned that a lot of things really work. Here a little, there a little. Success comes in pieces, I've always said, and not in chunks. It's small pieces and small steps. So, Father, I leave today thanking you for the opportunity to share with your people. I pray that what we've talked about today is a help. I pray, God, that what we've said to them lifts their hearts and minds. And I pray that they would leave you today clear about their calling and their future. And I give you all the praise. And also, I want to close with this prayer, Father. I pray for those who don't know you. Those who have heard the word and said, you know, I have an opportunity to serve God in my life. And I haven't been. I've been blaming, you know, hypocrite preachers, hypocrite people. And now I need to make a change. So, Father, I come and pray for them. I pray this will be a moment of change, a moment of challenge, a moment where they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, I pray you were blessed today because you saw right in front of you three men. Two that had an opportunity and they took advantage of it. And one guy who said no. Are you the two or the one? Which one are you? Are you going to be a person who says, listen, I'm going to use what I have and I'm not going to waste it. There's something about admitting I've been wasting time. I have opportunities in front of me that I'm not taking advantage of. A wife, husband, kids. I don't know what it is. A chance to be healthier. A chance to do something different. A chance to dream again. So let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment where they take the message they've heard today and apply it to their lives. And may they say, this is a chance for me to take advantage of this new opportunity to restore something that's been broken. And I pray that you bring healing and blessing and grace and advancement to those who've heard this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, it's always a joy to be with you on demand. It's always a joy to be with you and study God's Word. And I pray you are lifted. If you like what you heard today, link it and send it to a friend and say, hey, this was amazing this helped me and it might help you. So you be blessed. I'll see you next time right here on demand. So God bless you. Keep the word of God in your life. Remember, it'll sharpen you every day. Bye-bye.